I am Azita Arvani, General Manager of Rocket and Mobile Americas. Your 5G network infrastructure really has to be super agile, uh, super secure, super affordable, and super resilient. I'm Catherine Speglia, and this is Well Technically, the tech podcast where women do the explaining. Thanks so much for being here. Hi, Catherine. Thanks for having me. I believe you were the first person I've ever spoken to from Rakuten, so I'm actually very excited about our conversation. But before diving into some of the details about the company's mobile deployment strategies and goals, can you first share with me an example of a time in which being a woman has empowered you? Um, I would say um, I have to give you a little context. So I'm, I'm generally a very curious person and have a lot of questions. So even going back to my school days, if you ask any of my uh, college mates or even post-grad work, and, you know, I always, the one that was asking questions, uh, whether it be the class, the field trips, visiting governments or different companies. And that curiosity combined with this maybe a trait that's more attributed to women, the willingness to listen, uh, has really empowered me to uh, understand the customer needs better, to uh, assess situations, and just strategize with more streams of input, uh, with more diverse perspectives, and a more intimate knowledge of, of uh, things that I'm um, making decisions on. So I would say that's, uh, that's some of the examples that throughout my career has helped me. Not, not being the know-it-all, but really willing to listen. So in our email correspondence when we were planning this discussion, you said that given 5G as a, an enabler for digital transformation, it only makes sense for the telecom industry to undergo a digital transformation of its own. And I thought this was very insightful. First, why is this the case? And second, how is Rakuten Mobile's 5G strategy emblematic or a reflection of this transformation within telecom? Yeah, so, I mean, <clears throat> I've been a big uh, a proactive proponent of digital transformation for many years now. I've worked with many companies, many even uh, boards and uh, CXOs. And, and we all know it's been a big buzzword for a long time, like digital transformation, industry 4.0. Um, or fourth industrial revolution, um, all around the notion that, you know, there is, uh, and we've seen in this pandemic, right, in this year of pandemic, that, that those companies that have been at the forefront of digital transformation, they have fared much better during this very challenging year. Um, so, and we know that 5G is a big enabler of this uh, digital transformation. Uh, I mean, if you, um, and given that the pandemic has pulled us forward, it's even going to be a big focus um, on 5G and the kinds of things that it enables. So if you look at um, not just things that 5G brings to the consumers, but especially for the industries and enterprises, you know, with the being able to do um, enhanced mobile broadband, right? So we're talking about immersive applications like augmented reality, virtual reality, high fidelity 3D video, immersive uh, education. If you think about um, that, um, 
the, the kinds of applications that need low latency, high reliability, whether it be um, autonomous driving or telehealth or remote surgery, robotics, all of those things that we in 5G call URLLC for uh, ultra-reliable or low latency uh, type applications. Or, or the massive um, IoT type deployments, very dense deployments. Um, so like uh, whether it be for precision agriculture or factory automation, logistics and all of that. Um, so to enable these, this diverse set of uh, requirements, your 5G network infrastructure really has to be super agile, uh, super secure, super affordable, and super resilient. And uh, you know, you would ask, so why? Why does it need to be super agile? Because you're having all these different requirements from different customers. And these requirements are not only very specific for different enterprises and different industries, but it's also changing, right? It's constantly changing because their customer uh, requirements are also changing. So you really need something that's very agile that you're uh, able to experiment with different services, you know, being, being able to bring new services, uh, cancel services, et cetera, to, to be able to work on this. It needs to be super secure because you're dealing with uh, industries, intellectual property, you're dealing with um, very, very sensitive data that you need to make sure that they, they stay secure. Um, why does it need to be affordable? Because, I mean, if you think about um, businesses, they're not into necessarily just doing 5G networks. They are trying to solve a business problem. And whenever you think about business problem, you're thinking about return on investment. Right? So is the return on getting to solve this problem worth the investment I'm making in my 5G network? So that affordability is really, really important. And then I also think that it has to be uh, super resilient because you're talking about uh, applications that are either production critical or mission critical, even life critical in the case of telehealth, right? So you have, you have to have a very resilient architecture. So if you put all of those things together, if the telecom, uh, telecom industry is bringing 5G to enable other people to, to go through the transformation, it's, it also has to have a very um, digitally transformed network. And so uh, I believe that that whole notion of agility, security, um, affordability, resiliency, that's what that, that digitally transformed network infrastructure uh, offers. And that's what we have brought in with the network that we've deployed in Japan and with the Rockland Communications platform, which is a platform that we uh, bring to the rest of the mobile operators outside of Japan and network builders outside of Japan to help them uh, into this, uh, this architecture so we can be able to take advantage of all of this and help other industries, other enterprises go through digital transformation. Yeah, let's talk more about the communications platform. What makes this network architecture so revolutionary, as I've often heard it called? Yeah, yeah. So, great question. Um, so, uh, think about this Rockland Communications Platform, or RCP. Of course, we always have acronyms in, in tech world. <laughs> Uh, Rockland Communications Platform as a, I call it an easy button. If, if, 
a mobile operator wants to go into this direction, uh, that's an easy button for it. So what does that mean? That means that uh, we are uh, disaggregating the radio access network and disaggregating in multiple ways. So um, we're going from this monolithic radio access network or RAN, another acronym, uh, tower, which is all uh, comes from one vendor and you know, there's that vendor lock-in. We're, we're going from that, disaggregating into uh, open radio access network, which means it's layers and each layer has defined interfaces to another layer. So we're going from this monolithic stack to three layered open interface. So that in itself uh, it gives us uh, the, a lot of uh, benefits that I'll uh, touch on uh, later. Then there's the, uh, the going to virtualization. So you're taking these different parts and you instead of having purpose-built hardware and software, you're virtualizing your software running on commercial off-the-shelf hardware. So again, that disaggregation helps in multiple levels. First of all, the, the, it's much less expensive if you're running on the COTS hardware versus on purpose-built hardware. Then the your software is running on cloud-native, you know, it's virtual, in our case, it's containerized and using microservices architecture, so it's much more elastic and uh, much, much easier to, uh, to change and it's easier to develop. It's just a modern way of developing software. So that, that whole stack, uh, the, the disaggregation, going from uh, monolithic RAN to open RAN, and then going uh, from the purpose-built hardware software to virtualized uh, RAN, that saves a lot. Now, in our case in Japan, we even go a step further. So we even take the radio units and decompose them <laughs> and, and uh, make it much more efficient uh, at that level as well. So that disaggregated RAN, really helps lower costs of both the, the CapEx uh, because you don't have as much um, in, in the hardware and software as we talked about, but also in terms of you know, even finding the site, you know, like you don't have to have a big site, the, a bigger site to accommodate your hardware baseband. And you can also um, use this baseband to um, support multiple uh, multiple cell sites as opposed to just one. You don't have to over provision for um, potential traffic that you might get. You can provision for the actual traffic that you're getting because you're just spinning up software instances rather than uh, operating this this big hunk of uh, hardware cabinets at the bottom of the tower. So anyway, so that, that whole disaggregated radio access network brings you a lot of efficiency, a lot of elasticity. Then we move into this unified cloud that goes across all of the different layers of cloud that you might have in the network. In our Japan implementation deployment, we have three layers of cloud, uh, but RCP, or our implementation platform, allows you to have uh, more than uh, three, uh, fewer than three, depending on what the topology of the network is. But that having that unified telco grade cloud that goes across all of your cloud layers is uh, gives you a very elastic architecture with great 
uh, scalability. Um, and the fact that all of this put together enables you to have massive automation. And, and we are absolutely relentless about automation. For activating a cell site, generally it takes about three to five days for various people coming together and, and uh, activating a cell site. For us, that uh, cell site activation takes four minutes for a 5G cell site. So that's, that's just a humongous uh, productivity gain. And we are adding more and more automation as time goes on. And so uh, that reduces our operating expenses by quite a lot. Um, and that's what uh, RCP platform offers for other operators. And you mentioned you know, your deployment in Japan a few times, how there's three layers of cloud, um, you've done further work with the, with the radio units there. Can you tell me more about the company's presence in Japan, what it's doing there, but also what it's doing outside of Japan? Inside Japan, we are a, a mobile operator. Outside of Japan, we're offering Rakuten Communications Platform uh, for other mobile operators and other network builders, whether it be enterprises, governments who want to take advantage of this architecture and doing it in a uh, way that's much faster and much more efficient. Um, and so that's, uh, so outside of Japan, we are a solution provider. Inside of Japan, we're a mobile operator. And the beauty of this system is that uh, we eat our own dog food, right? So we actually uh, test this RCP, Disrupting Communications Platform, in Japan ourselves. So we get all the, iron out all the kinks before we offer it to other mobile operators. So we feel all the um, operational issues and all the uh, other things that might come up and we take care of it before um, it goes out to others. How did that decision to be both a mobile service provider and like a solutions provider, how did that come to be? Because obviously you could argue there's a benefit to keeping that in-house and you know close to you so that you remain the best if you have the winning solution. So why that choice? Yeah. Catherine, that's, a, that's an excellent question, a very insightful question. Um, and it actually started with the fact that we don't just talk about open architecture, but we also have a very open mindset. And we believe that having an open mindset means that we are willing to share uh, technologies and, and know-hows and so forth. And by sharing that, but always being two steps ahead that, and, and making sure that we continuously keep that two steps ahead, that will be farther ahead, right? But then the entire industry will move forward with us. Um, the, the, so the decision to do uh, Rockton Communications Platform actually came after we, you know, people saw that this network is, is working in uh, Mobile World Congress 2019, and people came in and they saw that, oh, this is, we the demos of it and so forth. And, and so we got all these operators coming in, inquiring about it. And we were very open about it. We said, you know, come to Japan, see it for yourself, kick the tires, see how this thing works. And a lot of people took our offer on it to come and do this. But, but as these inquiries built up, we realized that people need more than just, you know, looking at what we've done. Uh, we can actually take our intellectual property, our, our um, know-how and what we've done and put it in a platform. And that actually helps them more than offering them uh, you know, information and knowledge and sharing, right? So, so that's how it, it, that, that thing got started. 
My last question for you is just looking to the future a bit. What would you say some of the company's 2021 goals are, or even, you know, the next few years? So by um, summer of this year, uh, we will be covering 96% of Japan's population, which is five years ahead of schedule for us. So we're very happy about that. And all that automation that I talked to you about and all that simplicity of radio access network and all and that all helps with this uh, speed to deployment. Um, we also expect our subscribers uh, growing uh, at, at you know, the, the rate of increase has accelerated. So we're very happy about that. We will be launching uh, our 5G standalone network this year. Uh, we are continuously looking to bring more automation. So as I mentioned to you, we, our aspiration is in a couple of years to be level four autonomous network. So we'll be making more progress in that front. Um, you, you know, you've seen uh, four uh, MOU uh, announcements. You know, you have 15 customers plus four MOU announcements. So you'd see more uh, customer announcements on the part of Rockfin Communications platform. Um, we're also looking to continually educate the market on open RAN and especially with governments uh, with open RAN and virtualized RAN and this whole cloud native uh, infrastructure for telcos. You know, I'm on the board of uh, Open RAN Policy Coalition uh, to help uh, educate uh, the US government, other governments with, with how this very critical infrastructure uh, could be digitally transformed and how we've done it and how we can help um, with some of the policy making in this area so that the entire ecosystem uh, gets cultivated uh, and also brings in uh, leadership uh, for US and allies in, in 5G and, and hopefully future in 6G and beyond. Well, Azita, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. Thank you, Catherine. It was a great conversation. I appreciate it. Well, Technically is an Arden Media production. For advertising inquiries, contact Danny Miller at dmiller at ardenmedia.com. Today's show was produced and edited by me, Catherine Speglia.